Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have... Becca Syme. Yes, and it's so good. One of our Um, favorite people. Yes, Becca's really the reason we have this podcast. Um, Yeah. Or we had thought we wanted one, but she really helped us kind of hone in on what we wanted to do and Mm -hmm. helped us with the name. And um, yeah, yeah, so. So yeah, Becca was on, or we talked to Becca today, and um, she, we talked about 2020 and how we should, um, how to move forward out of mm-hmm. 2020 into 2021 mm-hmm. and you know, lessons she's learned in 2020. So it's just a really good, um, yeah. interview. we had a great time. Yeah, it's always fun talking to her. So what's been going on with you? Um, this week I have been doing, um, more stuff for the direct sales and that is just really going great actually, which I'm really oh. Great. I'm so happy it's um, set we up. We may have to do a whole episode on that. So you yeah, can... I think so. So, mm-hmm. and it's the audiobook. People are buying the audiobook directly from me. So, if you have a book that comes out and it's not on Audible yet, you have a little window of opportunity to say to your people, "Hey, if you want to get this, you can get it from me." And you know, I would recommend letting them know how long it may be before it will show up because I think people think, "Oh, it'll only be a couple of days." But if they realize it may be weeks, then they that's more of an incentive to get it. And right. I've had people email me, you know, BookFunnel has done all the um, customer service. And this one lady, she's like, I can't, I tried it and I can't find it. And so I referred her to BookFunnel and she mm-hmm. emailed me like a couple minutes later and said, I got it. This BookFunnel gizmo is pretty cool. <laughs> It is. So, we'll have to, you'll have to uh, send that to Damon as a, a review. You know, yeah. he can put on his website. This yeah. Quick yeah. Funnel is yeah. And then the only other news I have is that um, I had a couple of books that have gone out of print. I had mm-hmm. the Efficient Writer that I've taken off sale, and so it's no longer available. And then I have some uh, paperbacks that I've changed out the covers, so the uh, first covers are no longer available. And I've had two or three people email me and say, have you seen your books are going for $900? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't think anybody's paying that for them. So that was pretty funny. That, um, yeah. yeah. So that's about all the news I've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have just come off. This is a, we're recording on a Sunday and I have just finished Romance Author Mastermind, the conference that they did it online and my brain is fried for sure. <laughs> But it was so good. Um, you know, Skywarm puts this on and uh, she has help from Becca. And um, it, it's just such a great conference because, and what I love the most about it, it's, it's all women. And, and like Sky said, men are welcome to come to the conference, but it will always be women given the information because we're, you know, we know what we're talking about. And there, there are some really brilliant women doing some amazing things in Mm -hmm. the indie publishing world right now. And it, it just was inspiring. It's always inspiring, but it was particularly inspiring. If nothing else, just 
the work they did to make sure it was online and it really went off without a hitch. And can you imagine, I mean, the stress that would be, you know, 400 people were trying to (laughs) log on and, oh yeah. Or over 400. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my questions was how is it different being online? Did y'all have like breakout groups and stuff? There were, there were. So they, the, the, the sessions, a lot of them were recorded and the keynote speakers were recorded. So, but we all, but there was a schedule and pretty much everybody followed the schedule. I think that, you know, I'm sure there were people that, in fact, I listened to one out of order and, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, because after each recorded session, the presenter was in zoom for Q and a, which was awesome. And then there was a moderator who asked the questions and then there were round tables, breakout session kind of things. And they did that all in zoom. And so they had all the breakout rooms and you just clicked on the breakout room box and you went to the number that you wanted and clicked on it. And it was amazing. It was just so good. And you could ask questions There were, you know, and it was great. It was so, really, yeah, that's really cool. So it was like the online combined with the, you weren't just watching a screen. You could no. interact. It was interactive. So, yeah. You can yeah. interact. And I think too, one thing I walked away with was, you know, several people presented that just phenomenal, just phenomenal mm-hmm. achievement. And, um, through tons of hard work. And these are authors you don't know their, you know, in romance, you don't necessarily know their name. They're not one of the big, the big name people, but Mm -hmm. they are killing it doing just really just doing the work, you know, not, not doing anything flashy, screwing up, fixing the mistakes and keep, and then continuing on. And I just, I I just think that's really inspiring. Yeah, that is very um, inspiring. Yeah, and there, you know, of course, when you come away with all, you leave that, you come away with this huge list of things. But right, I've, well, I've, so tell us what your top like yeah, couple of the, takeaways are. The big two takeaways are audiobooks. You know, my mm-hmm. my bride series is with the publisher, but the Homecoming King and this next book in the series. I'm, I want to do myself and I've just sort of drug my feet on it. I don't really know why, um, but I need to do that. And, and I'm going to, and going to get uh, my daughter to help me. And um, then also translations. And I just feel like for the, for where I'm at, I should, I should at least be pursuing translations in one way yeah. or the other, whether it's with a publisher, which I would rather do it myself, but that, as you know, is a ton of work. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. so, but I, I feel like, I feel like having a presence in other countries um, at first, you know, like I've said before, I'm just not sure comedy, my comedy would translate to mm-hmm. other countries very well. But I know there are other rom-com authors who are um, doing things in, you know, in different languages. Yeah, well, different that's languages. a good sign. I mean, that's yeah. something that you definitely want to look at. But then mm-hmm. if you think about, like, think about movies, American movies, yeah. oh, most of them are, you know, I would think either thriller or comedy. Mm-hmm. And they do pretty well around the world. So. You know, I think so, probably, I think that's probably a good thing to check into. Right. And then, of course, I, I've said this, too, that um, I was, I'm going to get all my books, um, go through Ingram and make my uh, paperbacks wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah Rosette um, is going to help me with that. 
I will be your consultant. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. But it was just great. You know, it's just, it, it was sad. I was really pretty sad on Thursday when it started Thursday night. I, and not really, I mean, not, I hate to well, say You were disappointed, really, right? I was that, it, disappointed. that you weren't able to go in person. To it because we couldn't be in person, but really it was better than it could have, than I could have ever imagined that it would be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it was, and it was fun because you could, during the breakouts, you could see people mm-hmm. and you could, you know, in the chat, say hi to, you know, people you knew. So that was fun. But I did want to tell you that uh, we got, I got a uh, Facebook, somebody recommended our po- podcast in, um, <laughs> Facebook group and said she was been in the middle of binging it. And I, you know, message said, Oh, I hope you love it. Thank you. And everything. And then she mess. she said, Oh, I, I really have loved it. And the baby drama really <laughs> was, I had me on pins and needles, the baby watch. <laughs> Oh that. my goodness. And it's a perfect example of yeah. having a thread that runs through, yeah. you know, For because, weeks. and we had no idea how it was going to turn out when, yeah. when the baby was going to arrive. Oh, no, no. Uh, so that's so, so Anyway, that was fun. Yeah. But I guess we cool. can get to the podcast because Becca's got way more stuff, to, good stuff to say. Yes. We have lots of good information from her and she talks to us about some special projects like yes. vinyl. I'll just give a little hint about that. So anyway, so stay tuned and listen to that. If you All right. um, today we have Becca Syme with us. So let me read your bio and then we'll get right to the questions. Becca Syme holds a master's degree in transformational leadership and has been a successful coach, primarily util- utilizing Gallup's strength, Clifton Strengths Assessment for almost 15 years. She's coached over 4,000 individual authors and creatives through her Write Better Faster and Strengths for Writers classes. Becca is the host of a YouTube QuickCast channel and a mystery author. She lives with her wine-drinking cat in, in the mountains of Montana. Okay, so the wine-drinking cat threw me just a little bit there. Yeah. I think there's a story there. <laughs> yeah. And also, since it's been a year, it's now we're almost at 5,000. We're just over 4,800 mm-hmm. uh, people coached or uh, unique uh, individual authors coached. That's yes. fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. That that's is great. Fantastic. Um, so give us an update in your writing career. Uh, well, apart from, you know, the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, that little old thing? Yeah. That little old thing. Uh, yeah, weirdly, like, I actually put out several books in 2020, uh, which I had to sort of think about when I saw that question. I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I put books out because I feel like I have amnesia. Like I have 2020 <laughs> amnesia. Yeah. And um, so I put out a couple of fiction books, a nonfiction book, uh, and then I have another nonfiction book in the works. And, uh, and so 2020 has been fairly uh, busy for me. Yeah. yeah, sounds like it. Wow. We could all be so lucky to have 2020 amnesia. I know, right? I think we will. I <laughs> yeah, think I, I so. think we will at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, speaking of 2020, your newest book uh, for writers is called "Dear Writer, It's 2020," which is a great title. Yeah. Yeah. What are you seeing in the author community as we try and handle all this craziness of this year? Well, what's interesting is this this book originally had a different title. Um, it's this. It's mostly the same concept. Um, and I address this in kind of the first chapter and say like, there's been 
kind of a crisis that's been coming for a while and we've felt it uh, mm-hmm. and it sort of ratchets up a little bit every year and every year and every year. And, and it feels like more people are starting to feel the panic uh, in 2020 in the author community. And it's sort of the, um, why is this not working? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing yeah. all the things. Why am mm-hmm. I not having the success that I want? Right. Uh, and so I decided to call the book. Um, the The tagline is about why am I not selling uh, and why am I not happy? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was sort of the concept already, but, or why am I not writing? Why am I not selling and why am I not happy? Um, but it's, this is not a new, uh, 2020 is not a new experience in terms of, I think it's something that we've been headed for and the pandemic just kind of made it happen quicker because now we're all feeling all the things all the time. Uh, But, um, but it's kind of an answer to like, Hey, I've been trying this for a while. Uh, Why is this not working? And, and I broke down all the different reasons why we see people not having success and uh, try to answer, uh, answer those questions. Yeah, that's really cool because I do feel like there's been a mentality in the author community that like, if you just write more books and do these four things, you'll be successful. And it's to the point where most people can't keep up. There are a few people who are able to really excel at that, but it's just really an um, unsustainable way to live. Most for most of us, for those of us who can't crank out a book every couple of weeks, it's just um, very difficult to, be on that treadmill for a long period of time. Yeah. And at some point it, it was always going to reach a crisis point, right? Because mm-hmm. enough You've people would start to ask, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, we've been hearing it. Everyone's been wondering it. And, and I feel like finally in 2020, it's hitting a point where people are just like, you know, exhausted and they can't, uh, try anymore. So I'm trying to hopefully help some people over that hump of like, what's going on here and, um, and answer some of those questions. That's so good. Well, what lessons have you learned personally during 2020, either in your fi- fiction writing or in your coaching? Um, I love this question so much because I definitely <laughs> learned in my coaching that uh, the pandemic doesn't stop anything from happening, right? Like it Mm -hmm. may have sort of bumped uh, the economy. It may have changed everything, but it doesn't stop um, people from needing help. It doesn't stop people from writing. I mean, it does stop a lot of people from writing, but it doesn't stop people from trying to write. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop people's writing careers. It doesn't stop our, you know, need to make money or any of those things. And so, um, I think if you had told me, oh, there's going to be a pandemic and we're going to be on lockdown. And I kind of would have been like, well, there goes my business, (laughs) you know, like I'm obviously not going to be needed anymore. (laughs) And, uh, and 2020 definitely taught me that, you know, we're always going to need, we're always going to need each other, I think. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would almost Mm -hmm. think that there'd be more demand to talk to to get coaching and to figure out because things have changed so much. A lot of people would be like, Hey, I'm totally throwing on my normal way of doing things. Help me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've seen a lot more people that I don't think we would have seen 
if it hadn't have been the pandemic, just because, um, you know, there are an awful lot of people who don't need regular coaching. And so our platform is kind of a mystery to them. Um, and so it's been good to see, you know, that, that we can help anyone regardless of, of uh, where they are in their career, what their needs are. So that's been nice. Yeah, that is very cool. So I'd want to ask too about your fiction writing. So you said you got Mm -hmm. back to more fiction writing this year, releasing more fiction books. So do you have any um, lessons learned about that as far as like balancing? Because you're doing nonfiction and fiction. Mm -hmm. I did actually. uh, I did feel, I feel like I learned something important this year and it kind of happened on accident. Um, and I, I started meeting with a couple of friends of mine over Zoom to write, like mm-hmm. to actually, you know, all of us write at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, you guys won't need this. You're all introverts. It won't make a difference, right? And then all, all of us wrote like fifty or 60,000 words in three weeks just wow. by <laughs> writing together all the time. And so I was like, holy cow. Like, I had <laughs> no idea. That. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So we actually started a level on our Patreon called the office level. And we have an open zoom link that is moderated where we run sprints on our zoom and, uh, and different writers are in there running sprints at different times. And, and we have the ability to write with other authors. And so you can turn your camera on and feel like you're in an office where people are like seeing you work and there's mm-hmm. that added social pressure of like, Oh, we're all working together now. So um, almost all the writing fiction and nonfiction that I've done this in 2020 has been in that office. Oh. Um, so it's mm. been amazing. I have a question. And I know that this is something that the listeners have been wondering for a while. Um, what happened to the eunuch werewolves? <laughs> They are still there. They're still, they're still there, right? <laughs> they're still What's, trying to find their way. They're still trying <laughs> to find their way. What's so funny is that my co-writer and I, after that episode, I, I called uh-huh. her and I was like, oh, this really makes me want to start writing in that <laughs> world again. And she was like, let's do it. So in 2021, we totally have plans to go back to that world again. I'm so excited. <laughs> that is so funny. So if you're not familiar with that, we'll link to yeah, episode right. one or two. Yeah. I think it's episode yeah, two. Yeah, episode one, we talk about it. It's so great. Um, so you're doing yeah. some, it's so funny. You're doing some innovative things around marketing. Can you tell us about those things for authors who'd like uh, to do some out of the box promotions. Yeah, I uh, we're doing an audio release of my book, and I think we're going to do uh, the 2020 book, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where we release onto vinyl. <laughs> which <laughs> wow! I am, I am so excited about this. I can't even. Uh, I have a friend who did a vinyl um, indie rock album release this year. And I just mm-hmm. got obsessed with it. Like I bought a, a record player and I have a whole bunch of records uh, that I, that I never had a player for just cause they're collector's items. And mm-hmm. so like right. I am now listening to vinyl all the time and somebody in the wide for the wind group made a comment about that. There used to be these old comedy albums on vinyl. And I was like, well, why couldn't I do an audiobook on vinyl? Cause my books mm-hmm. are only about two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, let's try to do a vinyl audio release. So it's probably not going to happen until the middle of the year. Um, Cause we have to record all the audio files first and then send them to the vinyl producer. And then, uh, and then they do that work. So it takes a little bit of time, but, um, but we're going to run on the Patreon uh, a level where you can get the vinyl uh, audio release of Dear Writer. It's 2020. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. And it's such an yeah. unusual thing, you know, yeah. I don't know yeah. of any other, although I do remember like my parents had comedy records that they would listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that is I'm excited. Cool. And of yeah. course the, the covers that I have, the, the guy who designs my covers um, does kind of a comic book feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I think that the vinyl covers are going to look super cool. So I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very cool. That's yeah. Well, yeah. So you've created a really loyal community around Write Better Faster. So if an author wants to create a community, um, what things do you think are essential to develop that closeness? The first thing, and this is the primary reason that I think um, my community developed the way that it did, is that I meet everybody in, individually. So I care about the people in my community and I meet them on an individual level. And so we have sort of a special, unique experience in, uh, in, in the write better faster community specifically because I'm super extroverted. (laughs) (laughs) Like I want to be with every single person uh, and, and talk to every single person. And so I think there's that, but if you can't do that, if you're introverted, um, I feel like, it's important that you care about them. Like that they aren't just like to develop a close community. It has to actually feel like a community, right? It has to feel like you're welcome there and there's a place for you and somebody cares that you're there and someone cares about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I think that like the reason the community is the way that it is, is because I do genuinely care about every single person who takes the class and I want them to feel like they have a place they can belong um, where they can get their questions answered. And so I feel like that's why the community is the way that it is. Cause we all genuinely care about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think especially, um, my observation is that an experience is that, you know, a lot of people you connect, you, you see for the first time when they're maybe not in crisis, but they're in a, you know, they know something might not be exactly right. right. And you really give them really good insight. And so they feel seen, you know, mm-hmm. they just feel, they feel seen in a time where some of them, um, like myself, when I did it, was I was kind of in a crisis moment, and I just mm. think that that um, that just makes such a difference for mm-hmm. um, for people, you know, especially during twenty twenty, you know, right. Yeah, of all the times that we need to feel like somebody gets us, it's definitely right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, tell us about Patreon. Any tips for authors who want to use Patreon? So I, I use Patreon as a nonfiction author. I have some fiction author, uh, both friends and clients who use Patreon, um, and they do sort of similar things. For me, I think the most important mm-hmm. part is that um, they're there for you. Like the, the, when you have mm-hmm. a Patreon, 
it's not the same as like, um, you know, a Facebook page or something like that, where, where you're very, uh, you're very mm, disconnected, I guess is the word Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. on, on Patreon, they want to give you money so you can do the work that you need to do. Uh, And so I feel like a big part of what I do is I treat my Patreon channel like it's a community. And so I welcome every single person when they sign up, I send them an email. I ask them if they have any questions. I try to engage with them immediately when, uh, when we, uh, when they sign up and, and then the other pieces that I think about what they want from me on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like the fiction authors that I see who do this really well, they think about like, why would a person sign up to pay money to an author to help support their career? Like what would they want to be a part of in that community? What would they want from the author? Um, And so I feel like Mm -hmm. putting yourself in the shoes of the people who are going to support you is important. Um, And the other piece to just a tip is I always think of my Patreon in terms of, I want to provide quality content at every level. So even the people Mm -hmm. who follow me for free, like they get quality Mm -hmm. content. And then at every level, um, I want to provide some reason for them to continue to open my emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really a really good point of view Mm -hmm. to think about because, and especially for fiction writers, because you have to figure out what, and maybe it's just your time and your access to you for a fiction writer. Because um, I was like, well, I can't crank out a short story because it takes me almost just as long to write a short story as it does to write, you know, a third of a book. (laughs) So that would not be realistic for me. But um, yeah, maybe it's just your access to you and to questions and behind the scenes stuff. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the live touch is the, is what Patreon does better. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you can have like a discord channel that's connected uh, to your Patreon channels. Uh, And I know people who like, for me personally, that's part of where we do our, our one-on-one, our one-on-one experiences. Mm -hmm. And so like, part of the reason we spend so much time on the Patreon is because I give my time to the people there in return for them being present. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's definitely, I had to evaluate how much time can I afford to spend? Uh, And that's why a lot of, you'll see a lot of tips on Patreon, like start low, you know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't, put a whole bunch of levels up first. Like I think we started with two mm-hmm. uh, and now we have 16. Um, <laughs> wow. And so, I mean, and we, we do a ton. Like I, I hired a staff person to manage the Patreon um, because it got to be so much. And, uh, and we have, you know, 320 some people um, who, who are on there. And so it's definitely like, I see it as my primary way of connecting with the people mm-hmm. who want, content for me right yeah that is great that's great well we have a group and we asked we said we were going to talk to you and we had a couple of questions from the group that we wanted to ask and uh they wanted to pass along these to you so um shelly asked for your tips on finding an editor for your genre she's 
specifically asking for paranormal cozy. So I think she means like, how do you narrow it down to finding someone I think that you would work really well with for your genre? So I always go to the books that I like to read and look at who edited those books because you can usually Mm -hmm. tell um, from the, from most authors will list those people somewhere in their book. Um, And so that's the first place that I would go is to to people that you know are editing things that you like reading. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that, I would definitely go to Readsy. Like I think they do a good job of aggregating Mm-hmm. Um, people on Readsy, and then that's work that you don't have to do. Um, but I would first check the books that you like reading. Yeah, and usually indie authors will put that like on the copyright page at the bottom, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or somewhere around there, either on the yeah. next page or something like that. Because I didn't know that when I started, I didn't know right. you could look and find that. So yeah. yeah, that's where I put mine anyway. Me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Melissa asks, what should beginning authors quit before they start? I'm sure the answer is specific for the individual, but are there any items that new authors should put on the back burner until they're more established? Oh, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) Yes, that is fantastic. Because I actually think that almost all forms of marketing and promotion need to wait until you have a mature platform. like. I would not spend a lot of time doing social media marketing or running ads if I don't have a couple of series that could make money for me, unless I don't care if I make money right now and I'm primarily doing it as a learning experience. Um, But if you're going to invest money in a career, I'm just not sure right now that it's wise to spend a lot of money when you don't have enough product out to really see a return. And for me, that's about the strategic use of the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I spend a dollar on advertising and I can potentially only make $3 back from one book, Mm -hmm. that same dollar, if I wait and spend it when I could make $25 back or even $15 back is a better investment for me. Um, And that's just thinking like an investor. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, that is very true. And I, it's a very good question because there is so much when you first start out that you've got to sort out yeah. uh, what what should wait, basically. So, yeah. so oh, I have one of, more. I have yeah, one more ahead. of what, what to quit doing. New authors, quit clicking on ads that are telling you that they can make you a bunch of money in indie <sighs> publishing. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> just stop. And it's, and again, it's not that there aren't people out there who are running ads who are doing well, but when you're brand new, it's so dangerous to fall prey. Like you are the, you are the prey of people who are, um, who don't care about you and who are only interested in making money off of you. So I would go to places that you trust instead of finding like an advertiser who is specifically, you know, hooking you in. And I can't tell you the number of like schools and academies and et cetera that I see coming up now who are like, Oh, we make so many of the top bestsellers. And I'm like, well, I've never heard of you or any of your clients. (laughs) And so that's not a good sign. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And because you're not saying don't take classes or no, don't, no. don't get information Mm-mm. because, but there's really good quality information from people yes. who are making money with their fiction or nonfiction yep. and who 
have established a trusted brand um, yep, yep. in the community. And those are the people, you, yeah, those are the people you look for. There's so much information out on podcast and yeah. on blog posts. So free stuff. It's yeah. all free. Yes. Most of it, you don't have to pay to yep. receive good information. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, well you love to question the premise. So <laughs> as we head into 2021, what should we question? Well, the first thing is that 2020 is not over. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> We're just kind of pretending it is. <laughs> I know. Like that amnesia that we all want to <laughs> yeah. have is not going to set in magically on January 1st. Uh, and it probably won't even set in for quite a while. Like right. even, and this is beyond anything that has to do with any of the political or socioeconomic or anything, anything that's happening in the world at large right now. This is also about um, just the general sort of zeitgeist, right? It's the general feeling. That feeling is not going to go away magically when we turn over the year. And interestingly, one of the things we decided to do just to make that statement really poignant was I don't think we're going to release the 2020 book in 2020. I think we're going to wait until 2021 to release it. (laughs) And, uh, and and that was sort of intentional because mm-hmm. the feeling of 2020, and I'm using air quotes, uh, is not going to go away. And it's probably going to haunt some of us for longer than we right. would like. Right. And uh, so there's every reason to be hopeful. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to spread hope. Uh, but we also want to be as realistic as possible and remind ourselves that like, we're still going to have to be resilient. We're still going to have to accept things we don't want to accept and, uh, and, and be, you know, calm and carry on, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. Like a, almost like a 2020 hangover that lasts (laughs) because I mean, because even when things begin to go back to normal, which we still don't know when that will be, there's still going to be this residual, residual, I don't want to say PTSD because that's, I don't want to use that term, but that kind of, you know, we've been traumatized in a lot of ways and a lot of people much worse than I have. And um, I just think that hangs on. I mean, like, you know, we saw it with the, in the depression, the people who lived through the depression, you know, they, they kept habits that they formed in that really terrible, mm-hmm. stressful time throughout their life, really, because mm-hmm. they just couldn't let go of some stuff. So I think yeah. that we really have to um, prepare ourselves and, and uh, that way we're not disappointed. You know, I mean, that's yes. not to be, not to be naysayers, but just so we're not disappointed and, and yeah. then we can handle it better possibly. Yeah, like if I could say what's at the core of this issue that I write about in the 2020 book, it's unrealistic expectations, right? Like that's essentially the reason uh, that I had to write this book. And really, it's why I had to write the quit book, the first book, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's that we have been believing a set of unrealistic expectations that are causing us to make decisions that then cause pain, right? Or cause cognitive dissonance for us. And we need to release the unrealistic expectations and let what's going to happen happen instead of like constantly glitching and getting caught in this, 
you know, but I, but I was supposed to sell, but this didn't sell, but why isn't this working? But they said it would work, but this program, but this class, but this person, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get caught in that loop uh, and then we spiral out. And, and really my goal is to say, like, let's just release our expectations and see what happens right. and try to practice some resilience. Um, that's, that's yeah. my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Any thoughts on what's coming in 2021 as far as trends in publishing? Well, good God, I hope it's vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) I am sure it will be. Everybody get your turntable. (laughs) I know. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, (laughs) I'm, uh, (laughs) it's, I really am like, I'm so in love with vinyl right now. It's crazy. Like, I'm actually, and did you know, too, that they still have, like, all vinyl record stores. I mean, yes, you can't go yes. in them right now, but, right, right. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, once we like can a again, niche. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to get me a record player so I can listen and also <laughs> yeah. play my Partridge family records. Yes. I, I still yes. have those. Yeah. Like we're going to have a party and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this too, because um, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like I'm an extrovert. I'm a big fan of, things like parties and launches mm-hmm. and whatever. And, and I'm like, we're going to take pictures and videos of, of us with our record players <laughs> and our other records. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, so yes, I do hope that vinyl makes a comeback because what I'd love to do is to release all of the QuickBooks onto vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they're, they're fairly short. Like they're, they're only a couple hours, uh, a couple hours of read time long. And uh, mm-hmm. that would be my dream mm-hmm. uh, would be if final would make a comeback. But I feel like, you know, there's this pay to play is, is kind of here to stay. It feels like, yeah. um, you know, that, that trend. Um, I don't think that's going anywhere. I think the trend of free uh, and, and organic is really, really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. right now. And so being conscious of as we start to be more and more established in indie publishing, that means that, you know, the same thing that happened to traditional publishing when it started will happen with indie, which means that all the rules will solidify. All the big players will start to make more and more money. So I don't think that we're going to see anything different in indie than we saw in in trad, you know, hundred, hundred and some years ago. So, um, Mm -hmm. so just being conscious of the fact that like how we hold expectations about selling, Mm -hmm. uh, and what should sell and what will sell is really important and to release those as quickly as we can, uh, when we don't sell. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, just to be completely honest, um, romance author mastermind was this past weekend and um i was talking to some friends about just things we heard and learned and stuff and what i've realized is that my air quotes ambition exceeds the amount of books i have and the capacity i have to write fast right and so and that frustrates me. Like I, I get, I, I get upset. I get depressed. I get, you know, whatever, because I can't, I can't produce or I don't have enough backlist to support the ambition that I have. And right. um, so I think what you're saying is, I mean, 
so substitute expectations for ambition because really yep. it's a little bit the same. Yeah. So, well, and uh, just to remember that you will, right? Yeah, like just cause you don't have yeah. it now doesn't right. mean you won't. Right. And I think that's where we get caught, right? It's, we get caught in the, the moment and we mm-hmm. get caught in the present and we forget that like, there's a whole future ahead of us. In fact, one of the things mm-hmm. we do the most regularly in coaching appointments when people start to get worried about not producing fast enough is we think about like how many books could you potentially still produce over your lifetime? Like how many books are still to come? How many decades of career are you, do you have in front of you just so that we loosen the grip of this sort of cult of speed uh, that it has on us because we we get so caught up in the moment and we forget that like this is a long game we're going to have a long career you have hundreds of books in front of you like mm-hmm. don't don't get caught up in today right yeah. right and and a lot of times that that grip um it it's count i mean it's so counterintuitive because it it slows yeah. down the process for me even more it yes. makes it hard for me to focus hard for me to think so yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, We just had Jamie and I just recorded a podcast about um, what we've learned in 2020 and uh, that I don't remember if it was that day or a couple days before I just released a book and it was my 30th book. And Mm. I I looked back and I figured out that from the time I went indie until that book came out, I'd released two and a half books a year. And Mm. so adding that with my traditional books, you know, came up with 30. And so it's like, when we get in the daily and we're so worried about getting this one book finished, right. It's easy to forget to take that long view. And right. yeah. So I think it's really important to, so like to remember you've published more books than Jane Austen, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Right. I know nuts. <laughs> so like, like that to me, we can't lose sight of all of these mm-hmm. things that, that we just get. Again, it's it's that that we get the blinders on because we're mm-hmm. so afraid of missing out on something. And and I feel like we need to practice the joy of missing out a little more. Like we have a saying, you know, that Ellie coined about Jomo about the joy of missing out. And I feel mm-hmm. like I am excited to miss out on stuff in 2021 because. You know, the the experience of having COVID, it's sort of like it changes, like you cancel everything and, you know, you move deadlines and you, and, and it's like, huh, well, my deadlines are movable. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I've learned that <laughs> like my, my, my appointments are reschedulable. Like right. everything mm-hmm. is mobile and everything, yeah. like there's just so much potential for us to not have to be as caught up in the moment as we are. And so I feel like what I hope is coming in 2021, if I have anything to say about it is a heck of a lot more Jomo and a lot less (laughs) FOMO. I think that's great. I think that's great. So we will have to start using that hashtag Jomo. (laughs) Yes. Jomo. Joy missing out. (laughs) This has been great talking to you. It's been so much fun. We're so happy you you came back and it's, I just feel like you have such um, like good vision of Mm. like being able to see things that we're too close to see. So Mm -hmm. thank you for doing that for us. Yes. And yeah. yeah, Tell us, tell everyone where they can find out more about you. So I always encourage people to go to YouTube and search for the quick cast Q U I T C A S T um, and check out the videos. I think, 
all three of us have said at some point, like there's so much free information out there, go find Mm -hmm. the free information. And, you know, we talk about question the premise all the time. Uh, We question the premise of everything, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with literally everything, which I even question the premise of myself sometimes, which I think is really wise. And, um, and everyone should do that not just about me, but about themselves as well. But, um, <laughs> but that's where I would go. Cause that's, that's the best place is to find more content. Um, right. And then, uh, and then you'll get to see my face, which I also like about YouTube. I like being able to have, uh, Oh, and this is exciting. Um, and it actually was inspired by the two of you. So this is exciting <laughs> to be able to talk about this. Really, We are going uh, to have the quick cast on audio only, we're going to go to iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, oh, I can't remember the third one. Um, because after I was on here, I got so many comments about how they loved being able to listen to it in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And so I was like, so we've been working on that for a few months, uh, trying to get the audio ready to do the third season release. In nice February. well that is exciting yeah what's funny is thank we you just put, Sarah. oh i was just gonna say real quick we just put our podcast on youtube so. oh, no. <laughs> just the, just, uh, just the audio audio oh i'm still <laughs> not willing to get up and get my put my clothes on and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like not today not today satan because i'm definitely <laughs> looking like i've got the the rona so oh, yeah did y'all <laughs> I hope you feel better. I yeah, did. I I feel so much better Good. than I did, uh, and so People will I'm, be I'm glad looking to forward to that. getting back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the uh, Wish I'd Known Them podcast today, you guys. And I just want to like we don't do this very often, but if you like the podcast, if you rate it and review it on um, iTunes or anywhere, we'd appreciate it. And you can find all the links at wish I'd known for writers.com. So we'll see you next week. Thank you, Becca. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.